Good morning. I, uh, they, that was sounded really good this morning. Thanks, guys. I was, uh, a lot of people play air guitar. I play air horn. Did you guys see me down there? It's pretty impressive. Thank you. All right. Uh, hey, uh, welcome. I, uh, I, here's the thing. It, we're, we're moving into the Advent season, and we wanted to continue uh, Thanksgiving, you know, into this weekend. Uh, my name is Scott. I'm the student ministry pastor here at the Franklin campus. Uh, in this case, what we're doing this morning is we're just continuing Thanksgiving. Think of me as the crazy uncle that won't get out of the house, all right? Uh, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk this morning. Uh, we are moving into the Advent season and I'm super excited about what it is that we're gonna be doing here. As we go through Advent, we're gonna be talking about a subject that I think, uh, well, none of us in this room, if we're honest, are really great at. We're gonna talk about waiting. Um, we, uh, we live in a country uh, that is, is really not good at waiting. Waiting is not, like if people were to describe the United States of America and uh, around the world, the first words would not be patience and waiting. Those would not be the words that they, uh, we just, I, I, how many of you, I like commercials, just speak to this. Like how many of you guys have seen the, the new thing that banks are doing we're like, if you have direct deposit, you can get your money two days before your actual payday. That's gonna work out really well. I'm convinced. I'm convinced it's one of those things that's going to happen that people are gonna go, yes, I'm only going to use it for necessities and not go in debt even further. Um, but I, 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 as we talk about waiting and we talk about what it looks like, uh, this morning we're gonna look at a story in scripture that I think describes this really well. What I wanna do is I wanna, I wanna read through this scripture and I wanna point out a few things. If you got your Bible, you can open it to Luke chapter two. Uh, we're gonna start in verse 22, which seems a little bit funny, but I, I think you're gonna, you're gonna understand why we're moving to this portion of, of scripture and, and why it makes sense with what we're, we're talking about. I want to read verses 22 through 35. Make a couple of comments. You can you can follow along. Uh, I want to point out a few things as we go. Let's look at the uh, the entirety of the scripture. Luke 2:22 through 35, and it says this: When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him. Who's the him? Jesus. They brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled 
at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Uh, it's, it's this amazing picture uh, of, a, of a moment with a, with a guy and Mary and Joseph. And, and the fact is, it's one of those interactions that if, if scripture had not recorded, we probably wouldn't, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have even come to our attention. Here was, a, here was a guy named Simeon. There's a lot of things about him we know and a lot of things we don't know about him. Yeah, everybody seems to project that he must be a, an older guy because he's talking about how he can, he can, he can pass away now with peace. But we, we don't really know his age. Some people have even speculated that he was a priest because he was in the temple. There's no proof of that. It just seems that he was a guy that the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he was going to see the Messiah before he died. Now, there's certain things. I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I actually, uh, I grew up in, a, in, a, in a, a pretty charismatic background. And so this idea that the Holy Spirit reveals something to someone was, was kind of common language in the church that, that I grew up in. Now, here's the thing. I, I think there's certain things that even if the Holy Spirit reveals them to you, that you keep to yourself, like who wants to be the average Joe that's walking around in the grocery store going, guess what? The Holy Spirit told me that I will see the Messiah before I die. Cause it feels, doesn't that feel like one of those things? Oh, okay, what makes you so super spiritual? Doesn't it feel that way? So, but here's this guy that he was, he, not only was he convinced that it's what God said to him through the Holy Spirit, I don't know, I, I'm taking a little bit of artistic license, but the fact that he was in Jerusalem, did he always live in Jerusalem? Or because the Holy Spirit revealed this to him, did he move to Jerusalem because he wanted to be close to where he knew that the Messiah was supposed to show up? There's something about Simeon that is so unique. There's a, there's a sense of, of, of expectation and there's a, uh, a sense of anticipation. And as I spent time with the scripture, I sat, found myself looking at those two words and trying to understand the difference because here's the thing. Let's just all get in the same boat this morning. How many of you have ever had expectation for how your Christmas was going to go and those expectations did not come to pass? Any of you that are not raising your hand, your last name is Rockwell or you're lying because it is, literally, it is one of those things that we could almost set our watch by the fact that we set certain expectations and they don't come to be met. I was looking for a, a, a way to kind of describe the difference between expectation and anticipation because when it comes to waiting, there's something that I think God wants us to see. I came, I came across this quote and, and I liked it and, and I wanna expand on it a little bit. It says this, these two words are very close in meaning and are often interchangeable, but not always. 
There's an air of knowledge about expect, while anticipate carries a whiff of hope. I, I wanted to be able to describe this. I'm, I'm a simple man and, and I need simple ways to understand things. And, and so I, I, I thought of a, a story in my own life that I, I kind of want to share. But in order to do this, I, I have to turn off my mic for 30 seconds. On Those of you online, I'm very sorry. So what I thought I'd do is I'd give you guys a subject to just discuss amongst yourselves for the next 30 seconds. So here you go. Uh, macaroni and cheese, Kraft versus Velveeta. Go. By the way, Charlie Brown Christmas special, great, Michael, guys, thank you so much. You guys are winners, all right? Uh, so the year is 1978. Scott is nine years old. And there was one, by the way, for those of you who are younger than uh, 30 years old, um, there was a season where you couldn't just push a button and stream any show that you want. You, you actually had to wait, like you, you waited and, and they would run these things called commercials where you would actually have to plot out what you were going to watch. And, and during the Christmas season, there were, uh, there were certain things that, that you knew. On a Saturday morning when you were watching cartoons, the cartoons would literally be full of nothing but toy commercials. 1978, there was only one toy worth having. It was called Stretch Armstrong. For those of you who are wondering what it does, it's in the name. It stretches. And his arch enemy was Stretch Monster. And, and Scott had an expectation. He had seen the commercials. He wanted one thing, Stretch Armstrong and Stretch Monster. See, the expectation was that under the tree, this toy, the greatest of all toys of 1978 was going to be there. And Scott was gonna call his friends after he opened it. And they were gonna come over and each person was gonna take an appendage. <laughs> we were going to stretch it because his name is... You're getting the, yes, you're getting the idea. His name was Stretch Armstrong. And it, how many of you guys, like, I don't know when this happened in life, but, but right now in life, the time between December 1st and December 24th feels like it goes by like that. When I was nine years old, it literally felt like 10 years. You see, waiting feels very different depending upon where you're at in life. And those 10 years went by and I knew the shape of the box. 
I knew where it was under the tree. There was an expectation of how this day was going to go. But every day, December 1st to 24th, the anticipation continued to grow. Anticipation was something that was going on in my heart and in my gut. Expectation was very different because come December 25th, I ran to the tree. I opened that gift. There was Stretch Armstrong. I got him out of the box. I called Dusty, Brett, Kenneth, David. They all came over to the house. We went out in the front yard. I grabbed Stretch Armstrong's head because it was my toy after all. Everyone else got an appendage. They stuck it over their shoulder and they began to go in different directions. And the glory of this moment as the angels sang and Stretch Armstrong began to stretch until he split down the middle and all the goo inside dropped on the floor. Whatever expectation I had coming into that moment was subverted in the reality of the death of Stretch Armstrong. Expectations become circumvented when the circumstances don't line up with what we think they should be. Anticipation, on the other hand, comes with a hope and an encouragement that no matter the circumstances can be taken away. Is he expectations come with some level of knowledge that this is how this should turn out. Anticipation comes with a level of hope that cannot be taken away. Simeon understood the nuance of this idea. Look back at, 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 at verse 25. It says this, he was righteous and devout. Those two words are there for a very specific person. Here is a guy, Simeon, who was righteous and devout. In other words, he was was upstanding amongst men. He did what was right. There was a righteousness to him. And he was devout, which speaks to his nature of being committed to his religious understanding as a Jew. He, he kept the festivals. He studied the prophecies. He, he knew what was to come. He loved God. He went after God. He was devout. He was right among men and he was devout to God. Those are great things, right? his actions and his lifestyle led him to a certain expectation. He was right among men and he was devout in the faith. And as a devout Jew, there was an expectation. At this point, Israel was under Roman occupation. Jerusalem was not what the Jewish community envisioned. And they were looking for something. They were looking for someone They were looking for the Messiah. And that Messiah, there was an expectation that when he showed up, they were going to have another book of Exodus moment where God shows in and lays waste to the occupying people 
and helps the nation of Israel reform and become the nation that they were supposed to be. That was the expectation. Just to be clear, in that moment that we are reading, when Simeon sees the Messiah, not one part of that expectation is there. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. It's a baby. And Roman occupation is still going on. Literally everything about his expectation in that moment, none of those circumstances were there. We're talking about waiting. How many of us in this room would say, I have been waiting for God to do something in my life, in my family, in this world for a really long time. And if I'm honest, the circumstances have not changed one iota, even though I continue to pray, continue to try to believe. How many of you have any of those things that you're praying for in your life? According to verse 25, the second half of that verse says this, his waiting, his waiting was for the consolation of Israel. You see, that word consolation carries some weight. His waiting was not in the circumstances. He waited for the consolation of Israel. Let me, let's let's all get back in that same boat. How many of you have ever been consoled or uplifted or cared for at a heart level by the Holy Spirit? And did that have anything to do with the circumstances? You see, there's a difference between expectations and anticipation. There is a heart piece to anticipation that is completely outside of the circumstances of our lives. As a devout man, Simeon would have known Isaiah chapter 40, verses one and two, one of my favorite verses. It says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended and that her iniquity is pardoned, that she is received from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. It starts with this idea of comfort, comfort, speak tenderly, to Israel, God. And it literally is the verses that fall right before the prophecy about John the Baptist. In Simeon's waiting, in knowing what the Holy Spirit had had spoken to him, the payoff was not the circumstances changing. The payoff was literally seeing the person and the presence of Jesus himself. 
If, if I told you that none of the expectations that you hold for Christmas were to come to pass, but you knew you could stand on this one truth that the presence of Jesus would be evident in your heart and your life and your home. How many of you would take that? And yet so many of us live in that space where we wait for the expectation, the circumstances to change. All the while, God wants to show us his faithfulness through the presence of the person and the work of Jesus. Look at the prayer that that Simeon prays as he holds Jesus in his arms. Lord, now... You're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Where in this prayer of peace and salvation and restoration is there one inkling of the circumstances of his life changing? Nowhere, because what he recognized in that moment is there is nothing greater than the presence of Jesus itself. The faithfulness of God will never let us down if we find our anticipation and hope in the person of Jesus and not the circumstances of life. Let me say this, that doesn't mean that God doesn't care about the circumstances of our life. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to to pray and seek him to to move and, and, and do something. But what he's most concerned about is our heart. And when we understand who God is on the inside, it begins to change how we act and the circumstances of life. Because we're no longer looking to those circumstances to validate God's faithfulness. We're looking to who Jesus is and understanding his character and that begins to change things. Simeon understood that. He prayed for the consolation of Israel, that that God would bring comfort So what's the, what's the practical application of this? What, did, what, did Simeon, what does this mean for our, our lives? What does this mean for what God wants to do in and through us and this season and our lives? I, I, I believe there's probably a lot of us in this room that can relate to a couple of things. One, I believe that God would have us to say as we begin to move into this Advent season, I'm going to to drop the natural expectations and I'm going to begin to live in an anticipation of his presence. We, we, We all have expectations. but what would it look like if we moved into this season without allowing those to be the thing that rules our days, our weeks? And secondly, I I wanna 
I wanna speak to a lot of us in this room who have been, when I say, what's that thing in your life that you've been praying for for so long? That immediately you, you know what it is. You go to it, it's a, it's a, it's a part of your daily prayer life. It's, it's a part of your struggle with the word. It's, it's a part of, of everything that's inside of you. Can I say this for some of you? It's even become the thing in your life that has caused you to doubt God's faithfulness. And, and I, I, say that, I say that gently and, and caringly, but I, I, I've, I've been there. As a matter of fact, I, I want you to feel really comfortable. How many of you have ever been in a place where you prayed for something so long it caused you to question God's faithfulness? We've been there. And you're in a place of, man, I, I don't see anything changing. The story of Simeon is one that should speak to our hearts. So this is what I'd have us do. When we close our eyes, and we just wanna pray this morning. And I wanna lead us in a time of prayer. For each of us here, I would ask you that, that even now, as we begin to move into this Advent season, that you would in your heart speak to God those expectations that you have held fast to in the natural, that this is what Christmas should look like. This is what Thanksgiving should look like. This is what the circumstances of my life should be. Just in your heart, speak those things out. And for speaking those out to God, I. I would ask you just to release to God the idea that those expectations are the most important thing. That you would ask God that he would give you an anticipation for his presence in your heart, in your home, and that that's what you would hang on to in this season. Now, secondly, for each of us, that thing in your heart that you've asked God for so many times and you've asked him to intervene and you've asked him to step in and you've asked him to change the circumstances and you're struggling and you want to stand on God's faithfulness. I, I want you to, to speak in your heart to God, that thing and say, God, this is my struggle. This is the thing I feel like I've waited for for so long. And then that you would just release that thing to God and say, God, I'm gonna, not going to trust in the circumstances. 
and I'm going to stand on your faithfulness, knowing it is your presence and the anticipation of God in the midst of all of these things that I'm going to hold fast to. ready to sing I think the words this song that we're going to sing are going to be perfect to seal these things in our heart just like Simeon may the comfort of God be the consolation to your heart apart from the circumstances may the love of God and the anticipation of his presence change everything for us.